Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations where we talk with thought leaders on the issue of education with people from across the country and around the world. I'm Matt Weber, and today I'm sitting here with a man who both shapes and reflects the fabric of American schools. Now, he's not a superintendent. He is not a teacher. No, I am not. But he does teach millions of people across the world, and they learn through the magic of television. Now, it's not just any show. The show is called Glee. I watch it. Many people watch it. Are you a Gleek, Matthew? I am not a Gleek, but I've seen every episode. Oh, great. And let me tell you, it is one of the most popular shows on television. Today, we're going to talk to Michael Hitchcock, who is a writer, producer, actor, and all-around man who contributes to the greatness of Glee. Welcome to Harvard. Is this your first time here? It is my first time here. I felt like I visited several times when I watched The Social Network, <laughs> but... And I went by the coop, and I was so excited. It's like, there it is. I know. Right? The, the set of The Social Network. I, I you are, you are part working of it. on it. Yeah, it's so exciting. So what we're going to talk about today is not just why you're here, but also what it is to write and to embody American education. Is it art imitating life? Is it life imitating art? How do you look at the landscape of American education and then embody it in this one-hour show on a weekly basis that so many people watch? Well, for those of you who have seen the show, you know that most of our education is happening in the hallways. Not a whole lot of teaching gets done at McKinley, and when it does, a lot of it isn't very good. In fact, uh, Mr. Schuster got demoted this year. He used to teach Spanish for three years. He yeah. just got demoted to teaching history. Now, was that a pushback from the teachers' union? They said, you got to demote this guy. He's not representing us right. A better teacher came along. No, it had nothing to do with the teachers' union. It had everything to do with Ricky Martin being fabulous and coming in and teaching Spanish better than Mr. Shu. Walk us through the process of writing for students. I mean, obviously you once were a student and, and also writing for this particular high school. I mean, is, is there a lot of you in some of the characters that you're writing for? I know you didn't create the characters, but giving them their voice. I, I try to make it a lot about what I've been through or what people I know have been through. Um, the thing I think that makes Glee a touchstone for so many people is we've obviously all been through high school. High school for most of us was a very emotional time. Um, for some of us a difficult time. Uh, and for all of us a very memorable time where we all grew up very quickly in, in four years or three years depending on where you went. And uh, so it, it comes from a lot of teenage angst I guess. I'm curious the process of introducing new characters. Obviously, the Glee Project mm -hmm. introduced new characters, right. but uh, it seems like from the show's beginning, the characters were by design reflective of many subsets of the community. Right. Uh, you're here today to talk about disabilities. I mean, yeah. Artie is just a great example of someone with a disability. Uh, Artie's in a wheelchair, right. and how he functions completely normally within the context of high school. Yeah, when I, I remember first seeing Glee for the first time as a fan, uh, three years ago, and when I saw Artie, I thought, oh, there's a kid in a wheelchair, and he's going to be part of this glee club, and they're supposedly going to be dancing all over the stage. How are they ever going to pull that off? And after about, I would say, the second episode, Artie, you didn't, I didn't think about it anymore. He just became part of the group. And now, being a writer or a producer, that's never even a consideration. If they're going to do any kind of number, Artie's going to be a part of it. And he works seamlessly into the choreography, and... Uh, just, you know, one of the most solid kids at the school. Talk about the impact that Artie's, you know, depiction in the show has on the communities of, of students in wheelchairs. I mean, are you getting lots and lots of letters thanking you for this? It, what, what is the, the advocacy role of, of these characters? Glee has, um, gets a lot of fan mail specifically for Artie Abrams. 
Um, they've won various um, media awards and things from the from various communities involved with disabilities. Um, and everyone, it seems, that watches Glee has a favorite, and Artie is absolutely one of the favorites. And you certainly don't have to be disabled to love Artie. He's just an all-around great guy. I used to watch these Saturday afternoon public service announcements, yeah. you know, th th those <laughs> shows. And, you know, some people liking Glee to that, and you know, to some degree where you watch an episode of Glee, and you'll learn about something. You will learn. We try not to... I mean, the biggest, I think one of the biggest challenges with Glee is not to have it be a weekly public service announcement, even though... Obviously, we're trying to uh, make people aware of, of various um, subjects that perhaps they wouldn't otherwise be exposed to. But yes, the challenge of something, especially Glee, you want to entertain, first and foremost. Um, and I, I get a little, my, my back goes up a little bit if, it, if it's beginning to look too much like a public service announcement, which at time to time, obviously, it does, just like every good sitcom ever. There's always been a very special episode of every single one. The problem is you don't want every week to be a very special episode. Can you walk us through that process? I mean, you've talked about teen pregnancy. The most recent one is sure. texting while driving, yeah. and religion's obviously part of some Religion, episode. we've um, teenage suicide, obviously bullying, um, being gay in school. Recently, we now have a, a Christian who was homeschooled who's joined the group, and we want to make sure that th th those people are seen too. That it's not we don't want to make fun of that, you know, of, of him and uh, and to show that even someone who's who comes from a very religious background can be an outsider in a school. Now, are those topics? I mean, from the writer's perspective, now give us a little bit of insight. Um, are those topics something that's preordained at the beginning of the season where you all go around, sit around a table and say, we're going to talk about this, this, and this, and we have you know 14 episodes to do it in? Or is it something that happens organically? How it, do you it, choose it, your topic? It happens more organically. Ryan Murphy is is a, the, probably the most creative person I've ever met uh, in my life besides Christopher Guest. And he, uh, Ryan has, uh, has just ideas flowing out of his head every single day. Um, and we absolutely do meet at the beginning of the year and talk about story arcs and where characters are going. But we're not, but no, the idea of we're going to absolutely do something on teenage texting and driving or bullying or teen suicide or something, those are not brought up that they must do subjects. They, they occur organically, most, mostly. Now, when you go to work every day, mm -hmm. do you re fully realize the impact of, of scale, to scale, how many people and how many students and how many young adults that you're helping shape? Or does that kind of blow your mind and you just focus on the entertainment piece? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, before uh, I, I came into Glee in, in, such a, in an odd way. I, I, I'm a writer and I'm also an actor. And on the very first season, I played uh, uh, the coach of a deaf school Glee choir. And that's how I got to know Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk and Ian Brennan, the three co-creators of the show. Um, so I kind of came in as a fan of the show. So I, in that way, yes, I am aware of its of its um, impact because I watched it as another person, you know, in America and going, oh my gosh, look at the show, this little show, and have you seen it? And then all of a sudden it became quite a big show <laughs> um, where everyone had an opinion about it and uh, loved it or hated it or somewhere in between. But... So yes, I am aware of that. Um, but you also can't let it get, you know, it can't let it overwhelm you either because our job is to, you know, entertain and, and uh, hopefully make an impact. In a I think people would be interested in your perspective, uh, both the acting side and the producing and consulting side. I mean, what is the culture like on the set there and, and the interplay amongst the, the creative and the talent and uh, you're on both sides? It's it's a great work environment. Um, the, the, 
the the people who are the obviously most of the time is spent with the, the kids in the school and almost all of them have this multi-functional background for example the uh, Kevin McHale who plays Artie Abrams used to be in a boy band so he's this amazing singer he's also an amazing dancer which is kind of ironic considering he spends 99% of his time in a wheelchair um, but almost all of the kids have uh, their triple you know double threats or triple threats they can they can do pretty much anything you ask them to do it's 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 unlike any other show because while we're writing what may be happening in future episodes um, some of the kids are pre-recording songs other ones are learning dances. Then all of that has to be put together on the stage. Meanwhile, you know, you have the art directors and everyone else building whatever we've come up with. And uh, it's it's very, very uh, intimidating task to put that show on every week. A, a typical show takes at least eight days to produce. And since there's only seven days in the week, we get behind at times. And that's why there was this break. And we, we, we make Fox give us a break so that we can catch up. So you can come to Harvard and talk. So I can come to Harvard and talk. Although today they're they're writing the very last episode of season three, and I'm uh, all won't ask any questions. Uh, yes. I know your answer. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm curious. Uh, let's transport you back uh, X number of years to your high school experience. Ninety-seven years ago. Ninety-seven yeah. years ago. Yep. Yeah, it's a podcast. If this mm-hmm. was video, I mean, this yep. is an old man it's in front old, of us. It's an old old man. Uh, who are you in McKinley High School? Who are your friends? What are you doing? Are you in Glee Club? And who are you dating? Wow, that's boy. There's so loaded many good question. Questions. Well, I was dating Sandy Snyder, who would have been if she was. Would she have been in Glee Club? We were all, I was a theater nerd. So um, I went to a high school in the Chicago suburbs, a high school called Lions Township High School. We, it was a very large school. There were 5,000 kids. It was split up into two campuses. That's how big it was. Um, in the social stratosphere, I was certainly towards the bottom because um, theater nerds are towards the bottom. They really are. I, I wasn't, uh, I didn't do chorus because I had a friend in freshman year who said, oh, that's stupid. And being a stupid freshman, I said, okay, and I didn't do it. And I regret it to this day. Um, however, by the end of my senior year, I was playing Jesus and Godspell. So too bad for you, David Kemp. I finally came around, David Kemp. We'll, we'll, get, this, we'll get this podcast yeah. to him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Just curious now, too, about arts and education. Now, yes. let's shift a little bit away from Glee. Um, you are, a, by all accounts, a very successful and talented uh, artist, uh, actor, producer, everything. Uh, you're in Best in Show, which is one of my favorite films. And, oh, thank uh, you. you know, talk about the you know, people who are in high school and people who are in college and they're theater majors. Mm-hmm. And people are telling them, no, 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 you've got to be a consultant. You've got to go into business. I mean, it seems like what's going to get them through all this is the encouragement from people who have made it like yourself. Um, I would never tell someone not to, to follow their dreams, ever. Um, that being said, as far as the acting profession, um, entertainment, anything like that, it is incredibly hard. It's incredibly difficult. It would be easier to become a doctor and that's not an exaggeration. Um, anyone who's visited, I mean, I can only speak for Los Angeles because I don't I haven't spent enough time in New York to talk about the New York experience. But, you know, in L.A., it's sort of like, you know, when you go to Vegas and you go into a 7-Eleven, you'll see a slot machine. Well, you go to L.A., every waiter is an actor and every bartender is an actor and everyone is overeducated. And um, people that are production assistants in uh, in any kind of uh, production facility are have college educations and it's just that's the way it is and you have to be willing you have to know that 
and you have to accept it, and that's what it's going to be. It's going to be extremely difficult, and you're going to work very, very hard. You don't get A for effort, um, but if you're not prepared, chances are you won't make it. So you, you do have to, you know, get your education and, uh, and continue studying. Everyone in L.A. that I know of that was an actor or a writer, you know, after I went to, you know, I went to Northwestern University and then I went to UCLA grad school. Even after that, I took classes. So you're always getting educated and educated and educated because you have to. Um, but that's part of the fun of it. It's part, part of the fun of being an artist is hanging around a lot of artists and um, going through that struggle together. And there's not one day when I don't talk somebody off the cliff or they don't talk me off the cliff. Michael, what's the next big thing for you? You have Glee going on. Are you going to be, I mean, you getting the, the gang back together with Christopher Guest? Or oh, well, uh, what's, sooner what's or later, going on? the Chris Guest people will get back together. We s usually do. Um, there's no plans right now at the moment. Chris and Eugene Levy, who they co-write the movies together, um, that we later improvise, um, have had separate projects going. But I, I would assume sooner or later that will happen again. And as far as Glee, I'll be back again next season for Glee. And uh, so that's what's in the near future right now. Um, Acting-wise, uh, Ryan Murphy just shot a pilot that I'm in. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how all that goes. Well, thank you for appearing on the EdCast today. I do have a one quick thank bone you, to pick Matthew. with the Glee producers. Uh -oh. I mean, you know, some, some students are going to Niada, okay? <laughs> Niada. And, and Quinn, in the most New recent York. episode, said she's, she's going, going to, Yale. to Yale. What the hell? Why I, not Harvard? I, I she's just not smart enough. <laughs> spent, we may quote you on she our spent mission. Too webpage. much time getting pregnant. If she hadn't gotten pregnant, she might have ended up at Harvard. Uh, I'm not sure if we can include this, but Michael Hitchcock, thank you so <laughs> right. much for appearing on the Edcast. Thank you. This has been the Harvard Edcast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice policy, and research.